Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening. Welcome to Extra Time with me, Liam Horribin. I didn't really know what approach I was going for there. I just dove right into it, and that's what we got out with. That was more of a maybe an Adams Family kind of intro. We'll see. I don't know. The new show Wednesday got renewed for a second season. I saw that recently. So that's big. But anyways, welcome to Extra Time with me, Liam Horribin, on a very wet and gloomy Wednesday night here in Edmonton. It's been very nice the last few days, plus 30 for basically like a week straight. We had the fire band put back on. Shout out to everyone helping out with all the fires too. Thank you very much for that. But now we've had all this rain for maybe, I think there was some yesterday morning. There was a lot today. Absolute downpour. It was, it was that, it was that wet, wet rain today. If you know what I mean. If you know, you know. Where you go outside and you could be out there for a second and it looks like you've been out there for months. The amount of water you have dripping off you is like you've been running three marathons with all the sweat. It's ridiculous. Anyways, we made it through the day. And here we are. A week later than I said we would be. And I am very sorry. Sometimes I just kind of... I get in my rhythm. And I, I cannot get out of it. So I did my one podcast last week, and I said on that show that we were going to do four shows on the grading of every Premier League team. Well, I've decided that not, that will not be occurring anymore. We will not be doing four shows for the grading of the teams because, quite frankly, I don't think anyone's going to really give a shit in two, three weeks when I finally finish that rankings. So I'm just going to finish it off today. I'm going to get it out of the way. And then we're going to, I have some bold predictions. I have at least two. I still got to think of my third one. I have to be brutally honest with you all. But I think when I get to my third prediction, it'll, once I get through the two, I'll have my third. That's how I'm feeling about all of this. I'm feeling good. Feeling loose. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Canada play tomorrow against Panama in the Nations League, the CONCACAF Nations League semi-finals the u.s played mexico so you got your classic classic concacaf battle there i think canada can win it i mean they qualified first in concacaf mexico isn't what they used to be usa is going to give them a game if they make it that far they should get past panama but with these teams concacaf is so strange one the refs are all terrible and they let the players dictate the game so much, and they fall for all these little tricks, all these diving. It's not for me. Two, these other 
Latina, Latin, Latin teams, Latin America, I think, believe would be the right term. You got like your Panamas, your Honduras, your El Salvador, uh, Nicaragua, whoever else it may be. They're not very good, but they're very unpredictable, I think is a fair way to describe them. But Canada's been on good form recently. Got a win over Honduras in uh, in the Nations League re- leading up to this. Uh, I forgot the other... Curacao was the other team they played. Bit of a, a weird stadium, but the big news coming out of it is Atiba Hutchinson is supposedly retiring from football. And to go out on a high by potentially winning the Nations League would be fantastic for the Canadian legend and everything he's brought to the game. I think more and more people have come to know what Hutchinson has done throughout his time on the Canadian national team, a man that stuck with Canada through thick and thin and deservedly got to go and play in a World Cup. Granted, that World Cup didn't go as planned for Canada. Either way, like what a career this man has had, 38, 39 years old, whatever he is now. He'll be on the coaching staff one day. And I think he'll, uh, he's going to go, and no, I don't think he will go down. He will go down as a legend of the game in Canada. So thank you to Atiba Hutchinson. I believe actually when Caroline and I had um, Alistair Johnston on kicked back back in the day, right before the World Cup, before he even went to Celtic, actually, he called him the octopus, I think it was. Something like that, just because his legs were so long. Octopus feels wrong, but it might be right. Anyways, shout out Atiba Hutchinson. Shout out Canada. Like I said, big game against Panama. There was also that thing the other day too where it came out that uh, Barcelona didn't want Alfonso Davies because he's Canadian. That makes no sense at all. Is that slightly, I don't know if racist is the right term, but kind of weird. Kind of a weird thing to just throw out there. Hey, we don't want you because you are not essentially European. Alfonso Davies is arguably the best left back in the world. And also in this interview, I don't even know where this interview came from, but Alfonso Davies is back in Canada. I think he's actually in the Edmonton area. He was talking about to these guys and he said the reason he's playing left back is because David Alaba got hurt. So they needed someone to fill in and, and Davies got his spot and never looked back. And obviously now David Alaba still a fantastic player in his own right. But gave Alf- Alfonso Davies the uh, the room to go. What's that saying? Alaba walked so Alfonso could run. Something like that, anyway. So there you go, Alfonso Davies. Just, they, he was saying, I believe, that he was supposed to be the replacement for Iron Robin at Bayern Munich. David Alaba got hurt. He ended up going playing at left back. The rest is kind of history. The Bayern Munich just keep buying all these... Other wingers, Leroy Sane, Serge Gnabry. Uh, I can't even think of anyone else off the top of my head, to be honest. Those are just kind of the two that seem to be in the squad all the time. And uh, Kingsley Coleman, I guess, would be another one. So Bayern Munich, I mean, it's tough to get in that squad, let alone be a winger on that squad. So I think Davies has found his role as a left back. For Canada, he'll definitely be playing as a, a more attacking role, whether that's kind of in the middle as a free free roller somewhat or a left back, left winger, sorry, is what it is. So we'll see how they do. Obviously, we got a lot more international games coming up this week too. There was actually a Netherlands-Croatia game today, which was for the uh, Nations League, the UEFA Nations League. Let's take a look at that quickly. Obviously, just found this out. 
I knew it was 2-2, but then I had to go out and I forgot about it. Croatia won 4-2. They did get a uh, 96-minute equalizer from Lang, the Dutch, but it wasn't enough. So now Croatia will play the winner of Spain or Italy, which goes down tomorrow being Thursday, the 15th of June, to see who goes on to play in the final of the Nations League. Nations League, someone put on Twitter. Oh, it was... um. What's his name? Uh, Rude Gullet put out a statement the other day. I was on a show or something. There was someone quoted him. And he said that the Nations League is just glorified friendlies and that nobody wants them and that we should get rid of it. Well, what I say to it is, yeah, no shit is glorified friendlies. Isn't that kind of the point of it? So we could get rid of these games that literally meant nothing. Maybe you could shorten down the schedule a little bit and they don't have to play these games. Like these ones are obviously just the just the finals and the semifinals. Like most teams are playing in the European qualifiers for Euro 2024, I guess now. Yeah, Euro 2024. So to Rude Gullet and to anybody else that kind of thinks these games are stupid, I just say, just go back and look like six years ago when you had, I don't know, England playing against... Pick any team you want in Belarus, I guess. Maybe that's a bad example, but just some some random team that England would just roll over, and it was just kind of pointless. Like, well, I don't know. I think these games are a little bit better. It means a little bit more, and it's a little bit more excitement. The trophy doesn't have a lot of meaning yet. I think it's France and Portugal that, that have won, but you can bet your bottom dollar when Cristiano Ronaldo retires, they'll talk about that trophy he won and how... In the moment, it was big for Portugal, and they were able to to grab something and get their hands on something, along with a, a European Championship, of course, in 2016 as well. But yeah, I think to say they mean nothing is is fair, but also, who cares? I guess is a is another good way to put it. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, there you go. So I'll get to the main point of the show now which is I want to get through these grades. So last week, we obviously did Arsenal, Aston Villa, Brentford, Brighton, Bournemouth, 
all passing grades. All had good seasons in their own in their own right. Arsenal obviously pushing for the title for most of the season. Aston Villa grabbing European football. Bournemouth surviving. Brentford pushing for European football until the end, getting the double over City as well. And then obviously Brighton having the best season they've ever had before. So all passing grades in my book. So I'll give you a clue. When we go through this list, there will be some teams who do not have passing grades because one, three teams get relegated. Two, a former Premier League winner and also a European Cup winner didn't finish in the top half of the table. And three, one team just never learns from the mistakes, it feels like. So let's get into it. We may as well start with that team that absolutely crapped the pants for basically 38 games, but spent a bajillion in Chelsea. What the hell happened with Chelsea this season? I think going into the year, a lot of people kind of had them down as a team that could challenge for the title for, for maybe most of the season, hang in there. And then maybe drop off and finish third, fourth in the Premier League. But instead, they finished 12th and spent more money than anybody else. Basically changed their entire squad, sacked two managers, and brought back a manager that they had already sacked the season before. Shockingly, that didn't work. If you can believe it, bringing back Frank Lampard didn't work. Now, I know on this podcast I said that I think having Lampard there may be beneficial for the younger players. It kind of was. Gallagher did a little bit better. Not many other guys did, you know, and it was just a difficult time overall for Chelsea. So the biggest thing for me, though, and I've been clamoring on this all season, is they just never had a striker. And I know they got in Cuckoo coming the year after it, and there's this whole thing going on with Lukaku right now, who just absolutely bottled it for Inter Milan in the Champions League final. But the main thing is this summer they need a striker. Chelsea scored 38 goals this season, which was fewer than Leicester and Leeds, who both got relegated. That is an absolute disaster for a team like Chelsea FC. Kai Havertz isn't good enough to play that striker. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang isn't good enough. I know they had a couple of younger guys who maybe can progress to be something one day, but are Chelsea going to wait around and see what happens there? I think with Todd Bowley in charge, I... I don't see that happening at all. I think he is a... I don't think he gets it. I don't think he understands the game. And I think that is going to be a terrible thing for Chelsea for a while until he gets somebody in there that can help him see a bit more of a vision rather than throw as much money as it is he can. Pochettino will be good. How much time will he be given? We'll see. But Chelsea have got to take away some players from this squad and, and figure it out. Like... There was rumors today that they're going to sell Kai Havertz for $75 million. That's how much they want for him. And Arsenal basically just laughed in their face. I think Kai Havertz is a very good football player in the right role and the right system. Chelsea is not that system for him at the moment, unfortunately. So it's for me, Chelsea have no identity, spent way too much money and pissed away a season. F. Minus F. F minus, whatever it is. They failed. Failure all season for Chelsea. If you disagree, let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter at Liam Horbin. But boy, oh boy, what an absolute disaster all season. Moving on, Crystal Palace, C. Just kind of, eh, mid all season, I believe, is what the kids say. Mid is what Crystal Palace are. What do they do? What do they really give you? They give you good results one week, poor results the next. 
they're just kind of a boring team to support despite having so much talent like Wilfred Zaha has been a great football player in the Premier League. Eze just got called up for England. Michael Olisi is a great football player. And yeah, I just don't have much excitement when they're around. They need a striker so bad. Roy Hodgson did a very good job once he got in there to try and build off it a little bit. Palace, where they are at the moment and how long they've been in the Premier League and the talent they have on the squad should probably be pushing ahead a little bit more than what Brentford are, no? But at the end of the day, they finished 11th, middle of the pack. I'm going to give them a C. This is kind of what I expected. They finished one place higher than last season. Then they had a couple of extra points too. So C for Crystal Palace. Everton. Everton, Everton, Everton. I'm going to watch Bolton versus Everton when I go back to England this summer in a friendly. So that'll be very exciting. Fun fact too. The last time I saw Bolton play was against Liverpool in the FA Cup. Funny how that happens. You get two Merseyside teams, but... Everton just could not learn from their mistakes a season prior. This is a very talented team. I, I've said this kind of most of the season, I think, if I remember correctly. Injuries have been a, a major key to what they've done this season in, in a very negative way. They should be significantly better what they than what they are. Dominic Calvin-Lewin needs to find a way to stay healthy. However, if he cannot stay healthy, then Everton need to find a way to adapt when he's not in the squad. Damari Gray, Damari Gray, that was a bit of a weird voice I had there, but Damari Gray is a good football player. You just can't expect him to score 10, 15 goals for you in a season. He's just not that player, is he? So they've got to find a way to get a bit more depth into the squad. I'm curious to see what Sean Dice does with them. Did a good job, obviously, when he got put in there. But F... F again to, to basically escape relegation back-to-back years. You're, you're playing with fire, Everton, and that's never a good thing. So next season, I think we will see a slight progression from Everton. Maybe they'll finish 14th and, and give their fans a little bit more to cheer about and not have to wait till the last game of the season to have something to celebrate, which surviving relegation is obviously good, but it's not something any team wants to celebrate at game 38. So... F for Everton. Dreadful. They they really need to sort some things out there. All right. Soldiering on. Fulham. Great season for Fulham. Very much a surprise team from the get-go with that draw against Liverpool on the first day of the season. Managed to, to fight their way to a 10th tenth in the Premier League. They obviously lost um, Mitrovic for a little bit there after his debacle with the referee. Eight games. Maybe you think it's a bit harsh. I think the Premier League just needs to find a standard between, yeah, obviously what Mitrovic has done was not good. Should probably be suspended for a good length of time, I think. But then you get this this other things that are weighed in, like the racism stuff, like not being as punished as, mu- as much across world of football, not just FIFA, uh, uh, the FA, sorry. So that obviously affected them thinking you know, the results they wanted in there. But for the start of the season... Odds on favorites to one of the favorites to go down after coming up. Paulinia has been a fantastic signing. I personally think top three signing of the Premier League season when it's all said and done. Let me know if you agree with that or not. I think he's right up there. Haaland, obviously Nick Pope is another fantastic one. A good variety. Paulinia, great player. We'll see what business Fulham can do. This summer, it seemed like they came up and were a bit smarter. I'm curious to see how Marco Silva does in his second year in the Premier League. We've seen him around a lot in the Premier League, right? But this Fulham team seems to seems to fit his mold a little bit more. So I'm excited to see what Fulham do. B-plus for me. 
Fulham on the season. Thought about even maybe an A minus just with where they were rated at the start of the year, but B, B plus, maybe B at the lowest. Leeds, F. What's to be said? Horrible, horrible most of the season. Pretty talented squad when it's all said and done. Quite a few players went to the World Cup. Just couldn't get it together. Patrick Bamford is not what they are, what he was. They've just never really recovered from Marco Bielsa's second and been able to find their own identity after that. Jesse Marsh looked like he might be able to bring something this season. Didn't work. Didn't work with the other two managers either. Sam Allardyce, to his credit, wasn't really given a lot of time to, to change things around. Five games. What are you expecting the man to do? Leeds, relegated, couldn't defend for their lives, 78 goals allowed. Will they be back next season? Or the year after, I suppose? They've probably got a pretty good chance. I think out of the bottom three teams that went down, Southampton, Leeds, Leicester, yeah, probably the second best chances, I think. I think Leicester, actually, depending on what happens there, we've kind of been seeing, well, we'll just go right into Leicester, I suppose, Leicester F. But with Leicester, I think... Tielemans is going to go. They they released a couple other names too. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. Mendy was one of them. Um, Jamie, Va- uh, Jamie Vardy will probably stay. That'd be, I think that'd be nice of him to stay. And I think kind of a mutual agreement's all there. James Madison's going to go. Harvey Barnes is going to go. Justin James, we'll see. Oh, James Justin, I always get that guy's name mixed up. It's one of those. Those two names, very distracting. So we'll see what happens. Leicester, though, I mean, disaster, really. I don't think anyone really thought they were going to go down besides Brett until they actually went down. It was a really weird thing that happened, you know. You go from eighth in the Premier League. It wasn't that long ago. They were in the Champions League, obviously. They were competing in European competitions. I can't remember if it was the Europa League or Conference League. I think it was a Conference League where they were in the semifinals not that long ago. Obviously, just last season, I guess. It's only a two-year tournament. So it's uh, it's kind of sad to see them go. But also, when you read into it and the stuff that that club has gone through financially, kind of could have probably seen this coming more than we, we did. So Leicester F, Leeds F. If you're wondering what Southampton got, I'll tell you something. It's not better than F. So there you go. A little spoiler alert for Southampton fans. Sorry about that. Liverpool. Kind of a weird season. Managed to scrape it together and get into fifth. However, this is a team that should have been a title contender. They were the team that everyone was talking about competing with, with City after what they did last season. You know, almost winning five trophies. Coming away with three. Not the real treble, but a very good treble. Nevertheless, it's, if you win trophies, it's a successful season. Is C? I have him down as a C, but I also think that with everything I just said, I think that might be too fair. D plus? This team should have been way, way better than they were. They managed to scrape it together. Injuries obviously played a part. But they knew coming into the season that the midfield wasn't good enough and it showed they're not in the Champions League next season. Jurgen Klopp can say, oh, what's the difference between Thursday and Wednesday night football, is it? You know, Jurgen, don't play games with us. We're smart people in the football world. You know, I know. There's a big difference between Thursday night football and Tuesday and Wednesday night football. So I'm changing my official score from C to D+. 
for Liverpool. They turned it around, but there was points when we were laughing at you and Chelsea earlier in the season about going down. So, yeah, D-plus for Liverpool. City, A-plus. Treble winners, not a lot else to say. Just a fantastic season for them, and it never really looked like they were going to win, to be honest. There was points, obviously, where Arsenal, I think they were nine points up at one point, but City won the games that they needed to needed to win at the right times, and that's what winners do. And we can all sit here and criticize City for not having this academy player or this or spent this much money, and oh, Man United didn't spend this much money when when they won the treble in '99. But football's different. Football is just so different, and academies are obviously very important. Phil Foden's an academy player for for City. That Rico Lewis looks like a very promising talent. Cole Palmer looks like a very good talent as well for City. They'll probably eventually get into the squad someday, but I just don't think that's fair. Football's so different from what it was in the late 90s to, to what it is now, and obviously money is a massive factor, and I think we've just got to give City credit. We can all sit here and debate which players would fit into what team if you combined the two travel winning teams. We're never going to get a real answer. You know, people saying like, oh, well, you know, Haaland wouldn't cope with the physicality of the centre-backs on United. It's like, well, would Andy Cole and Teddy Sheringham put it with the pace that Kyle Walker brings to the game or like, uh, Ruben Diaz, whoever it is, John Stones, you know, like it's just a different game. And let's just appreciate how good City are. I know we all like to hate on them because they've spent all this money and they've basically bought their way to championships. Yeah, great. Every single team besides probably Leicester, maybe a handful of other teams have spent a bajillion pounds of dollars, euros, whatever it may be to win that championship. And... So the way football is nowadays, and we just gotta we gotta move on with our lives, people. So A plus for City, congratulations, you pissed everybody off, but people need to get over it. Manchester United, A. Good season for United. Finished sixth the season before. Got back into the Champions League this season. Really good progression under Ten Hag. I know there was the kind of the kind of thing where they didn't win against the top six team or they just got a draw or something like that. But also, whatever it was, I can't remember what it was. It was something weird like that. Maybe they beat City. They did beat City, didn't they? And they beat Arsenal. I don't know what I'm saying. Either way, there was something in there. I can't remember what it was. United were good. United had a good season. 18-point increase. Rashford was fantastic. Casemiro looks to be a fantastic signing for them. People are saying he's the, the signing of the season. I think they're going to look to get another goalie. David De Gea, we'll see. Harry Maguire is probably going to go, but Martinez and, and Varane look to be a fantastic duo at the back. Lindelof looks to be very promising there. Uh, I like Malassia a lot at left back. I think he's very good. A good uh, Luke Shaw and him will be good together rotating there. Wambasak has turned his career around. It's crazy that guy's only 25. Still a few holes. Obviously a striker. I know they've been linked to Harry Kane. I don't think Tottenham will sell him. To United specifically, I think he'll actually go to Real Madrid. So going to be an interesting summer for United, but I gave him an A. So A for Manchester United. And an A plus for Newcastle. Look, I know Newcastle got some good investment, but they spent the money pretty wisely. Isaacs have been a great signing for them. Also, Bruno Gimaras. I always fuck up his name, but whatever. 
he's been great. I know he didn't come in this season, but Bartman, Nick Pope, Kieran Trippier, they've just been very smart with their money since they got this new ownership come in. Champions League football next season for the first time since I believe 2003-2004. Somewhere around there anyway, when Alan Shearer was still there. So it's like Alan Shearer, Kieran Dyer, Shea Given, the boys, the lads. Away the lads. I think that's what they say. Away. Not away. Away. If you, there's a tweet out there from Rafa Benitez congratulating Newcastle. You should look that one up yourselves. It's very funny. But Newcastle, A+. Eddie Howe, great job. See how he keeps going. I'm glad to see him get an opportunity with a big club night. Newcastle did a great job with Bournemouth when he was around. I know there were shouts for him to be England manager too. So, Eddie Howe, good for you. Nottingham Forest, I'll give him a B. Surviving relegation. Piss poor away from home though. But boy, oh boy, did they make the city ground a fortress. And that's what teams coming up from the championship need to accomplish. They need to make home games difficult. They got some good results there. A draw against City. I think they beat Arsenal there as well. I believe that one was at home. It's good. Morgan Gibbs-White, very good player for them. They turned down a... £30 million offer today for Brennan Johnson, which I think is good. Good decision from them. It was from Brentford. Don't really know where Brentford's going to be next season. You might be fighting for a middle of the middle of the table pack with Brentford. Do you really want to sell one of your best players? Uh, Forrest had an interesting season additionally also in the transfer window because of how much money they spent and how many players they brought in. Don't think it'll be that crazy this summer for them. I think they've got a good identity of the squad now. Kayla Navas was obviously a great, great sign-in for them. I think there's been talks of Dean Henderson potentially going back, so we'll see what happens there. But A, oh, sorry, B for Nottingham Forest. See how they do next season. I hope they stay up. Southampton F, their project of literally doing the complete opposite of what they've had success with in the past did not work, believe it or not. Multiple managers come through, didn't work on any fronts. Just F. Probably got a good chance of coming back on next season, no. They get back to the roots. So F for Southampton. Tottenham, D. D for disappointing. I thought Tottenham were going to contend this season. I really did. Conte looked promising. That front three of, of Son, Kane. What's his name? Kulisevsky. That's it. Looked very good in midfield, looked promising defensively, looked pretty good. Eric Dyer looked like he had turned his career around a little bit. Then it all just went into the gutter. Conte threw everybody under the bus on his way out. And then Ryan Mason didn't work out. New manager now. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but he's from Celtic. Looks pretty good. But man, what a roller coaster for Tottenham. It's crazy to think they were in third, like. 10 games before the end of the season and what they finished 8th, ninth, was it 8th I think bad actually D for disappointing not B for bad Tottenham D West Ham excluding the Europa Conference League win this season was a D they should have been way better in the league it's a very good squad West Ham have they were focused on trying to win this competition, which they accomplished. So I think the season is probably an A as a whole because you were able to win that, secure European football for next season. Now they need to find a balance. They need to find a way to still be competitive in the Premier League 
and compete in the European competitions if that's who they want to be. Next season, West Ham need to be a top 10 team. They need to be a top seven team, to be honest. It's getting a little bit tougher, but this season for me was disappointing for West Ham. I'll give him a D. Should have been better. Wolves, C. Very average, very boring. Couldn't score goals. Ruben Neves, will he be there? He's kind of, he's feels older than he is, but he's only like 25, 26, somewhere around there. So, yeah, they got to figure some stuff out there in Wolves. So, there you go. There are my rankings. I hope you liked them. All presented by Betway. 19 plus, please bet responsibly. So there you go. There's my uh there's my gradings for the for the Premier League season. I think they're all reasonably fair. If there's one you don't agree with, please contact me at Liam Horbin on Twitter. Liam L-I-A-M Horbin. H-O-R-R-O-B-I-N. That's on Twitter. Liam Pods on Instagram. Find the 90th minute wherever you you have social. Besides Facebook, you don't have Facebook. But that's just all the 90th minute. If you look us up, you'll see the logo and know where we mean. So before I go, I will leave you with three bold predictions for the 2023-24 Premier League season. Now these ones are early, so I think I might I think I might make 12. I might make 12 throughout the summer. I don't know when they'll come around. But I'll make 12 throughout. See how they go. And then at the start of the season, I'll make 10 the day before the Premier League season starts. Just because that's when we know everything, right? That's when we know the players are, who the managers are, who's playing who. Which I think we'll actually find out very soon. So anyway, bold prediction number one. Crystal Palace get relegated. Now here's my reasoning behind this. Crystal Palace have been fairly average now for a while. Not much progression the last few years. They've got a lot of talent, as I said earlier on in the show. Mark Gahey, Zaha, Ezzy, Olisi. Numerous other players on the squad too. I like like Mitchell as well. He's a very good player. Anderson at the center back. But the squad to me, I feel like half of them are going to leave. Olisi's been linked with Arsenal. Eze linked somewhat with Liverpool. Zaha's been linked with PSG because he's a free agent. Mark Gay linked with basically half the big teams in England. United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. And my point around it is, if, say, let's say three or four of these players go, are Palace a big enough team to be able to bring in the next recruits? You know? How quickly can they turn this around if those players are to go? So this prediction is kind of a hypothetical in the sense of, I'm expecting a few players to move out this summer. And from there, where are they going to go? They're going to need a new manager. Well, are they just going to turn to Roy Hodgson at the end of the season? For some reason to me, they got a little bit of feel of a Leicester. So that's why I'm saying my first bold prediction for the 2023-24 Premier League season is Crystal Palace get relegated. Second one. Now, I don't know if this one's that bold. But it's somewhat bold. Maybe I'm saving some for later. Newcastle, who finished fourth in the Premier League this season, above Tottenham, Chelsea, and Liverpool, will do it again next season. Now, I don't know where they'll finish. I think they'll finish third or fourth again. But I think they will finish higher than Tottenham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. They're they're just spending money very, very well. Tottenham have no identity at the moment. We'll see, obviously, what this new manager does. Liverpool need a few more players. I don't know if they're going to invest that much. 
like they didn't didn't last summer. Chelsea, who really knows? That team's another team with no identity. Spending so much money. Can Pochettino turn it around? Probably. But Newcastle are now kind of setting that way a little bit. I know a lot of people are kind of been saying Newcastle will progress. Uh, regress, sorry. I think they will progress. So I'm going to say Newcastle finish higher than Tottenham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Third one. Now, this might be the boldest one of, of them all, and maybe I'm just kind of feeling it in the moment. But the last couple of years, I've found that teams that have come up from the championship, or not all of them, certain ones, Brentford have been a good example of it recently. I think Burnley will come up into the Premier League and really push for Europa League football under Vincent Company. I don't know. It's, it's something about them. They obviously play a much better style of football than they did the last time they were in the Premier League. So I just feel like that's going to be a little bit unexpected for some teams. They're going to get some good results early, build momentum from that. Will they get European football? I'm not sure. But maybe they'll they'll push for it most of the season like Fulham did for the majority of this season until Mitrovic got suspended. So there's my, there's my third one is Burnley will push for European football for the majority of the season. So there you go. So that's Crystal Palace get relegated. Newcastle finish higher than Tottenham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. And Burnley push for European football. So again, that probably means that one of these big six clubs doesn't make European football next season again. If I had to put some predictions on it now, I think... I actually think the top four will probably be the same. I don't know what order yet, though. I haven't decided. City, Arsenal, Newcastle, United. Not Newcastle, United. Newcastle, United. I think Brighton will, will hang around in the top top six. Villa. Man, there's a lot of teams. Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham. Brentford, what are Brentford going to be next season? Burnley, I just said, might get European football. It's 11 teams. The Premier League is damn good. There is some good teams. Like These teams that are getting relegated still have a ton of good players. Well, these years when teams like Nottingham, uh, not Nottingham Forest, Norwich go down and or Fulham in previous years and, and whoever, Burnley, when they went down, there's like one or two players you want to pluck off these teams. With Southampton, Leicester and Leeds, there's probably five or six players that have got some significant value to them. Kind of, kind of crazy where the Premier League's are at the moment. I would not be shocked one day if we saw the Premier League go back to 22 teams. It did happen for a couple of seasons way back in the day. I don't know when that'll be. Maybe in the next 10 years we'll see that. Maybe they'll get to 24. I just think it's getting to a point where there's so much money being invested that these teams want to find a way not to get relegated. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I didn't think about that. So there you go. There's my grade-ins for the season on the Premier League. There's also three bold predictions. A fourth one, which I didn't really mean to include, but there you go. All presented by Betway. 19 plus, please bet responsibly. If you go on Betway too, you can follow us on Betway. So it's about, I, I can't remember exactly how you get that, but it's like on the Betway feed and you can see some of the bets. Brett hit a big one the other day saying the Houston Dynamo would knock off the LAFC. They did. So there you go. So next week, I haven't decided. I might do a show this weekend. Don't hold me to it. You know I'm not good for it. After the England games, because I would like to, I love talking about England. They play uh, Malta and North Macedonia. Let me check quickly 
when they the when they play. So like we said, Chelsea, uh, Canada play tomorrow against Panama. England play Friday against Malta, and then they must play on. They play Monday. Yeah, so we probably won't do it. Probably won't. But we'll look into it. Either way, lots of good stuff going on at the 90th minute. I will be away, unfortunately, throughout the Women's World Cup. I booked a holiday and then I realized when it was. So that's my apologies to everyone. However, I the show will not be going away. Luckily for us, Brett Holden will be hosting for three shows. So I'm very thankful for Brett for, for stepping in and, and helping out with that. There is the England under 21. Uh, sorry, not just England under 21. Under 21 European Championships is coming up pretty soon too. England squad got announced today. We're going to be talking about that. The under 21s is good. We we kind of dove into the under 19s the other week. Lots of good football going on this summer. Women's and men's. It's a it's very exciting time. So stay locked into the 90th minute. Stay locked into extra time with Liam Horobin. I need you to stay and listen. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you very much everybody for listening again i promise i will be back next wednesday maybe sooner we'll see but until then have a great rest of the week hope everybody stays safe if you're in alberta with the fires or wherever you are stay safe have a good weekend goodbye hi this is craig robinson from ways to win And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,